deal with, we need to have the right mindset in our lives to say, you know what, I'm going to have victory. I'm going to come out on the other side of this. This isn't going to do me in. I'm not going under. And we walk through things in life that are difficult, don't we? It's, it seems to be unavoidable. And yet we can have a mindset that we are going to go and we are going to come out with our God on top. Amen? We're going to have, a, over the next several weeks, we're going to start on a mini-series called Take the City. All right? Take the city. What is the city? The city is, is, could be lots of things for you in your life. But we, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's go to Joshua chapter 8. And we see this word of the Lord to Joshua. We're going to just read one verse in Joshua 8, and then we'll, we'll flip to another spot in our Bibles. But what we see is that there is, a, there is a word that declares victory in Joshua chapter 8. And it was an important word for Joshua to hear. Because Joshua had just lost a battle miserably. He, they had conquered Jericho, and they were all excited, and they were like, we're invincible. Nothing can stop us. Do you ever feel like that when you've won something, and then you're like, I'm going to win the next one? So they, they conquered Jericho, and then they go to conquer this next city of Ai, and they just get destroyed. I mean, they are so, they're like, we won't even send everyone to battle because we're that good. We're so confident. Some of you played high school football, right? And you're like, this team's weak. We don't even have to try. And then they destroyed you. Why? Your mindset wasn't right. You went in with a little bit of arrogance, like, yeah, this is going to be no problem. You got to get your mindset right. And so they go into AI and they absolutely get obliterated. It is a disaster. And the reason it was a disaster, Joshua finds out, the Lord says, hey, Joshua, there's sin in your camp. There's some things in your camp that aren't right. And so I want you to get right with me. And they got right with God. And now that they had been made right, made right with God, their sins had been forgiven and they were standing fully in his favor. Which by the way, your story isn't much different than this. My story's not much different than this. It goes like this. In my life, I've had defeats. In my life, I've had failures. In my life, I've had sin in my camp. But because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I now stand in the favor of God. I now stand on the side of God in which I can stand in his grace and his mercy and his favor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. The Lord says, Joshua, it's time to take the city. Now is the time to take the city. And for you, for me, I believe it is time to take the city. It is time. There's, there's, there's no more waiting. It's time to take the city. So what's your city? Your city might be Ording. That could be your city. Your city might literally be that a town. It might literally be Graham. Your city could be Puyallup. Your city could be South Prairie or, or Buckley or Sumner or wherever else you drove from to get here today, that could literally be your city. This is a place that we're saying, God, we want you to come and take the city. We're going to take the city for your kingdom, Lord. But the city might also be a relational influence. It could be your, your peers. It could be your coworkers. It could be your friends. It might be your family. It could be your immediate family. It could be your extended family. It could be the family that you wish wasn't your family. Whatever it happens to be. It's, 
the city that God has given us, and the city for us represents this, this sphere in which God says, I want you to advance it for my kingdom. I want you to advance it for my kingdom. I don't want you to go back to your city and get walked over. I want you to go and advance the city for my purposes. And this city that God wants you to reach, to bring his kingdom to that city. And if you're going to take the city, you're going to need some tools to take the city. You're going to need weapons. You're going to need determination. You're going to need influence. You're going to need courage. There's things you're going to need, and we're going to talk about some of these things over the next several weeks. Today, I want to talk to you about the mindset. There's a mindset that has to get right if we are going to take the city for God's kingdom. What does it look like to be a city taker? Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, all the way, all the way forward, way a long ways away from Joshua. 1 Peter, almost to the end. There's not that many pages left in my Bible. If you're looking for it, 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's read this together, 1 Peter 1. Uh, And if you're following along and you don't have a Bible and you need notes, then you can follow along in the church app, Abundant Life Ording, and there's sermon notes and scriptures written there as well. Uh, It says in verse 13, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And we'll stop there. There's some keys in this passage about, that help us with mental preparation. There, there is a mentality that we need to have as Christians. We can have a mentality that, man, this world's hard to live in, and it's hard to be a Christian, and people are going to criticize me, and people are going to hate me, and people are going to say terrible things about me, so I guess I'll just be quiet. But God hasn't called us to be quiet. He hasn't called us to be quiet at all. In fact, he's called us to be people of influence, that we are the ones doing the influencing rather than being influenced. But we've got to have our mindset right. And Peter gives us some keys, and we're going we're gonna to look over this in the next few minutes this morning. And the first is this. If we're going to take the city, we need to mentally prepare. We need to mentally prepare for what it is that God wants us to do. Have you ever had to mentally prepare for something? Uh, sometimes you can mentally prepare, but it's the wrong kind of mental preparation. I remember when I was, when I was working in, in management and I, I went for a test and you went the night before and you woke up and you're told, we're gonna, you're, you've got to be down at this room at like 7 a.m. and you'll be done at 5 or 5.30. It was a long day. It was like nine-hour day. And, and we're going to run you through all of these things to see if you're ready. There's going to be tests. There's going to be... <clears throat> some role playing. There's going to be some situations that we put you in. And by the way, you're going to be in the middle of your written test and we're going to come up. And when you least expect it, we're going to pull you out and say, come with me. You're needed. And then we're going to take you into this place and you're going to have to deal with a management situation. And, and I was like, okay. So, so going into this, I, th- I thought, okay, I've got to mentally prepare. 
But here's what happened. I mentally prepared that this is going to be absolutely a nightmare. That was my mental preparation. I don't think I'm ready. I'm not qualified. I don't think I can do it. In fact, I don't think I can just look at a bunch of numbers on a page and figure out what's going on with this store. I don't know. And, and my, my manager's like, oh, you're ready, you're ready. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And the night before I went to sleep and I was like, I just don't know that I'm ready for this, but here we go. And I got up the next day, I went through my day and I didn't pass. My mental preparation was in the wrong direction. I mean, the good news is, is because I didn't pass, I ended up becoming a pastor. So, so the Lord had something in that, right? He redeems even our own mistakes. He redeems even our own problems. But my mental preparation was off. I didn't have good mental preparation. I, was, I went in going, you know, I just hope for the best. You know, it, it's, it's not a good idea when your career is on, a, on the a precipice of advancing to just throw a Hail Mary, Right? Maybe you'll get the fail, Mary, like the Seahawks did. But you'll get something, right? I don't know. Uh-oh, uh-oh, we got some diehards in here. I don't know. It looked like a catch to me, so I'm just saying. If you live in Washington, it was a catch. If you live anywhere else in the nation, people think otherwise. Anyway, if you don't know what that's about, then that's great. You've got to mentally prepare. And the first thing we see is this need for mental preparation. He starts and he says, prepare your minds for action. I, I don't know that Christians prepare our minds for action very well. We prepare our minds for, it's, it's, gonna, it's just going to all work out. It's okay, you know. Uh, I'm just going to sit here, and if, God, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. If it's not, it's, it's just, you know, whatever. It's fine. I'll be okay. I'm going to go to heaven. It's great. And it's weak. It's weak. And, and he says, prepare your minds for action that there is an action. You can't take the city just sitting there hoping that it's going to happen. The people around you that don't know Jesus, you're like, I wish someone would tell them about Jesus. And the Lord's like, hello, you're right there. You're right there. But we've got to prepare our minds for action to recognize that we are in a fight. Will you just tell someone around you, you are in a fight. Just to make sure your relationship's okay, would you just follow that up with, it's, and it's not with me. All right? You're welcome. If you were in a fight when you came to church, your marriage has been solved. Peace be with you, okay? <laughs> You're no longer in a fight. Your spouse just said it to you, hopefully. Okay. Or maybe your spouse is like, I'm telling someone else that. We need to recognize that we are in a fight, and it's not a fight of flesh and blood. It's of principalities. We are in a fight. There is a war that is happening in the spiritual places. And if we're going to take the city, Peter says, we need to prepare our minds for action. We need to plan on there being action. Is there any action in your Christian walk? Let me just think about that for a second. Is there just any action at all? Because there should be some type of adventure in your walk with Jesus. I, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and it's never just been like, like it's down here and it's up here and it's all over the place and, and I'm not saying my walk is in like I don't believe in Jesus than I do I mean like it's like oh man the enemy's trying to take me down oh he's going down you know and we're just we're walking through these things and this adventure with life there is an an action there is a, something that we've got to put into this prepare your mind for action start asking yourself God who have you called me to God what ground in my city do you want me to start fighting for 
Have you ever wondered that? What ground in my home? What ground in my marriage? We sit back in our relationships and we say, I just wish it was better. But what if we said, God, what ground in my relationship do you want me to start fighting for? We've got to start fighting for some things in our life. To say, no, I'm not going to sit back and let this stay broken. I'm going to fight for it. I'm not going to sit back and watch my city walk in depression and suicide. I'm going to fight for it. I'm not going to let students get lost in confusion and and perversion of sexual identity. I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. Prepare your mind for action. Get your mind in the game. It is time to actively direct your thoughts. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says this, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I, I like that word lofty in there because it kind of just seems a little arrogant. You know, oh, well, you Jesus people, you just think you're so great. And you just, that kind of like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just dumb. You're just weak. You're just bigoted. You're just hateful. And these lofty opinions that just float out there. And yet we destroy those types of things because what happens is the enemy wants us to get to your mind to disable you from action. He wants you to begin to believe like, oh, I better not say anything. I better just sit back. I better not make, uh, I better not make a wake or anything like that. I just need to be quiet. But we destroy those arguments. We destroy every lofty opinion and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Some of you got some thoughts in your life today, some thoughts that are leading you down wrong paths, some thoughts that are forcing you and causing you to stay hidden, to stay in a place where you're like, I can't tell anyone because I'll have shame or I can't, I can't do anything about this because I'm powerless against it. We've got to take those thoughts captive and say, listen here, thought, do you know who I serve? Do you know who my king is? Do you know who my God is? He is greater. He is higher. And I take that thought captive in the name of Jesus. There is action in this scripture. We destroy and we take captive. There is action. And when that hopeless thought comes, we say, God, I take that captive. I'm not going to live a hopeless life. When, when, we, when, we get, when we hear things and we're like, I, I don't know, I just feel defeated and that defeated thought comes, we say, no, I'm going to take that captive. I'm, uh, I'm going to take that thought. What does it mean to take captive? Anyone ever watch Cops? You shouldn't. I mean, you should. I don't know. It depends on what kind of entertainment you want. It's crazy out there, right? Taking, what is taking captive? Sometimes it's, do you notice that with some of you are cops or have been cops and some, you know, some people are harder to arrest than others. And the same goes with thoughts. But you put it in the handcuffs and you throw it in the jail cell. And, and, and you say, thought, I'm locking you up. You don't get access to me. And you might have to do that over. And then you're like, how did you escape? Right? That sometimes thoughts are escape artists. And you're like, I'm locking you up again and I'm putting you back. And I'm adding an extra lock this time. And we take those thoughts captive. The mind is so powerful. And so God has called us to engage it to prepare our thoughts. I want you to just stop for a, a, a second and I want you to think about an area of your life or maybe someone in your life where you're just like, this seems hopeless. I feel defeated. I feel like I'm never gonna overcome. And if you don't have an area, then praise the Lord. Then, then, then think about this city. 
Because there are places in this city that it seems like the enemy's winning. There are places in our nation where it seems like the enemy is winning. I want you to just stop for a moment, just close your eyes, and I want you to just have that thought, whether that's that hopeless thought, whether it's that defeated thought, whether it's that thought that says, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve this. I want you to just take that thought, I want you to just imagine handcuffing it, and you just tell that thought, I'm locking you up. I am locking you up. You don't have place here in my mind, in my life. I'm taking you captive right now in the name of Jesus. No, only, only focus on Christ. Thought you don't get to reside. You don't get to discourage me. You don't get to disable me. You don't handcuff me. I handcuff you and I take you captive. That is mentally preparing. Go ahead and open your eyes. Say, God, I don't want to be bound under this way of thinking. I'm going to mentally prepare for action. The second thing he says here is keep calm. Keep calm. He says, be sober-minded. Have you ever seen those signs that say, keep calm and? Have you ever seen those? Keep calm. The, the, the name of the business is keep calm and carry on. But there's keep calm and, and then you insert your own thing. Has anyone seen those? Right? Well, I will just say, we can apply that to this scripture. Keep calm and take the city. Keep calm and take the city. You're, you're all pumped up. You're ready for the fight. And we're like, yes, I'm ready for action. I, I'm not going to be taken down by my thoughts. I am prepared to do what God has called me to do. And then he says, now be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. That doesn't mean to be down, by the way, or depressed. That's not what he means by sober. See, when you are sober, it means what? You are fully in control. When you are not sober, you are not fully in control. When you are not sober, you do really dumb things that you shouldn't do, which is why you should stay sober. The Bible tells us this very thing. In fact, it says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So now, so we've got to be fully in control, not under the influence of something that doesn't belong there. And we've got to be able to calm our minds when chaos is happening around us, to get control of our thoughts when doubt comes in. When everything's going absolutely crazy, it looks like the battle is lost, we keep calm. Say, God, I'm going to keep calm and I'm going to take the city. And we begin to say this, to stay calm is to steady your mind on the truth. To steady your mind on the truth. You've taken that thought captive, you've prepared for action, and you're saying, no, not that thought, but now I'm going to think upon the truth. I'm going to think upon the truth. And the truth is, when it comes to my city, when it comes to my circle of influence, when it comes to my relationships, when it comes to my peers, the truth is this, God's got everything under control. God has it under control. God is more than able. God doesn't look at a situation. You may be in a hopeless situation. Has anyone ever walked through a situation like, maybe not even right now, but somewhere in the past, like this felt really hopeless. Ever felt like that? God wasn't up there freaking out going, oh no, I don't know what to do. I'm not really sure if I have a plan for this one. Like God doesn't do that. He's not freaking out that everything isn't going according to your plan. He isn't surprised that trouble showed up while you were taking the city. In fact, Jesus told us in John 16, verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. 
but take heart, I have overcome the world. Listen, Jesus says, listen, I know you'll have trouble. I know there's been trouble. I know you have things in your life that are riling you up right now, but you can keep calm. You can have my peace. I'm not stressed out, Jesus says. I'm not stressed out about this. Man, sometimes I, I, I just want you to like keep that, those words in your mind because there's a place in your life that's coming, maybe even this week, where you're like, I'm so stressed out about this. And you need to just stop, you need to look up, and you need to hear Jesus say to you, you know what, I'm not stressed out about this. He's not stressed out about this and he wants to bring you peace in it. He says, I'm not stressed out, I've overcome the world. If I've overcome the world and you partner with me, you can take the city. It's just a city. I've overcome the whole world. You can take the city because you have me with you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You can take the city. So when these things begin to rile you up and you're feeling like I'm out of control, I don't know what to do and I'm stressed out and it's not gonna work out, let Jesus just speak to you. Look, I'm not freaking out over here. We've got this. Be with me, walk with me, come with me. Ask me what my plan is and we will take this together. Keep calm and take the city. The third thing he says is set your hope fully on. When you're setting your mind on something, your hope on something, you are targeting your thinking. So we mentally prepare, we keep calm, and then we target our thinking. And we set our thinking on the right thing. If you're going to take the city, you've got to target your thinking. To be intentional about what your mind is set on. I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes, some people, I feel like, and if you know this person, don't make eye contact, but if you know them, you say, uh-huh, I do. We know someone whose mind seems to be set on drama. Uh-huh, you know what I'm saying? Like, just something's gotta be going wrong at all times. Maybe our minds are set on that. Maybe our minds are set on the things of this world. If I could just this, if I could just have a, a better, a newer car, a, a bigger boat, a, a better house, a bigger bank account. If I could just have all the things that this world has to offer, then I will have, then, then, then my mind will be able to be calm. Then I'll be able to take the city. But we've got to target our thinking on the things that God can do in the situation. We put our thinking on, well, practically, this probably isn't going to work out. I did the math. It doesn't work. God called me to go on this mission trip, and I guess I can't afford it. I, I've, I've been doing ministry for a while now. My wife tells me that, that when I get a haircut, it doesn't turn brown again. It just stays gray. So I know I've been doing this for a while. And I've seen lots of mission trips. And, and, and I've had a lot of people who didn't have enough money to go on mission trips, and yet somehow when God says go, he says, and here's the means. And sometimes that works through giving us overtime, and sometimes that works through others blessing us, and sometimes it works through whatever God's mysterious ways are. But we've got to target our thinking. Rather than on all of the things, I've come up with every solution there is, and I've decided there isn't one. What does God say about the situation? Where you set your mind will determine how you walk the course. Do we have any impact or recently former impact students in here? You got some? All right. Let's, let, give me Philippians 4.8. You ready? Okay, ready? Just eight. Just eight today. 
Oh, you want to go? Okay, do nine too, all right? On the count of three, ready? There you go. Come on, let's go. You better get your kids in Sunday school and get them in youth group. Come on. As there are the, the things of God are being deposited, and this one is so important. Where is your mind? Where is your mind? Is it on what is true, or is it on the gossip you heard? Is it on, is it on what is honorable, or is it on what you, what you saw over here that wasn't so honorable? Is it on what is right, or is it on you being right? What is it on? Is it on what is pure or is it on what is perverted? Is it on what is lovely or is it on, I cannot stand him right now. What's it on? Is it on what is admirable or is it on, I'm not serving her. Kidding me? She doesn't deserve it. What is it on? What is your mind on? Whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, God's word says, target your thinking on these things. We try so hard in our flesh when the thoughts come in, and they come, the thoughts come in, and, and you, ever, you ever have that thought, don't raise your hand probably, but it's probably everybody, okay? You ever got thought, and you're like, ooh, gross, what am I thinking about, right? You just, ah, what's wrong with me? I must be terrible. These thoughts come in, and we take that captive, but then we, we, we do these things, and we go, stop thinking about that, stop thinking about that, stop thinking about that, right? Stop thinking about that. I mean, if, if you, if you, or if I was like, okay, you guys ever see cute little like baby penguins, you know, and they're, they're so cute and they've got the little, look like they're in a tuxedo and they're waddling around, you know, and they're like this, you know, and I just say, stop thinking about penguins. Stop, stop. Don't think about penguins. Don't think about them. Do not think about how they slide in the water. Do not think about how they waddle around all cute. Don't think about penguins. Don't think about how they huddle together. Don't think about how they sit on the egg to keep warm. Stop thinking, stop thinking. It doesn't work. And yet we do it with our sin. We do it with our problems. And we tell ourselves, stop, 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 stop. But God's word says, start, 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 start. Start thinking about what's right. Start thinking about what's pure. Start thinking about what's lovely. Start thinking about, you know what? I married this woman this many years ago and I promised to her that I would love her for all of time. And I'm gonna start getting back to my vows again. I'm gonna start being patient. I'm gonna start being kind. You know, I promised that I was gonna love this man and I'm gonna throw away that record of wrongs. And I'm gonna throw away this, this, this bitterness that's within me and I'm going to, commit because I'm going to think about the things that are right. And I'm going to think about, you know what? He does work hard. You know, he is trying. And we're going to put our minds on the right things. And when we look into our city, rather than saying, see, here's a problem. I'm, I'm going, now I'm on a soapbox. Here's a problem. All right. We look at this generation of Gen Z and we say that, it, you know, that there's so many in this generation that just haven't heard the name of Jesus. And we say that, you know, they're, they're just about themselves and they're all about not being connected and on their devices. And, they're, and we, we say all these things. We don't take, you can't take the city. Have you ever influenced someone by like, hi, nice to meet you. Here's all the things wrong about you. How about we start saying, here's what God sees in you. Here's what God says about your generation. Here's what God is calling you to. This is a generation that craves authenticity. 
They're a generation that wants to be connected. And so we begin to speak life into it. And we say, you know what? Your generation will serve God. I believe that you will be the next revival that's going to sweep this nation. And I'm going to believe with you and I'm going to stand with you. And I'm going to get my thoughts. I'm going to target my thinking on what God has to say about the situation. Not what I have to say. Set your minds. Finally, this morning, he says, renew your mind. Don't conform to your former ignorance. When you go out into this world to take the city for Jesus, it's going to try to pull you away from mission. This world will try to pull you away from mission. It will try to suck you back into old habits, into old patterns, into old ways. You, you need to make sure your mindset's right. You're thinking, I got some people I need to influence in my life. All my drinking buddies, next time I go see them, maybe you need to get clean first. Because you may not be strong enough yet to pull them toward the kingdom. Maybe they're pulling you toward the world. And we got to consider these things in our lives. And we've got to get to a place in which our mindsets are right. And we've been transformed because the world's going to try to suck you back into old habits and old ways. We've got to be a people who renew our minds. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, I, I love that because as Christians, like, we want transformation. We want to see the Holy Spirit do a work in us. We want to go from glory to glory and be sanctified. And God's word says it happens. It starts here in the mind. It starts with how you renew yourself, how you wake up every day and say, God, I'm going to live in partnership with you today. And we renew ourselves. And then we, we start getting pulled into the world and we say, stop, I'm going to renew my mind and I'm going to get back to what God has me to do. That means you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to weed out thoughts that don't belong there. It means you're going to have to break ties with things that the world wants you to be a part of. The world wants you to be a part of things. The world's sneaky too. You know that? The world is so sneaky. And, and, and to quote Pastor Carolyn, forget the rabbit right? The bunny. Forget the bunny. Was that it? Forget the bunny from camp, right? She was talking about how like there's really terrible movies out there, but there's a really cute bunny in it, right? Forget the bunny. The rest of it's a disaster. The rest of it is perverse. The rest of it's destroying your soul. Like the world wants to pull us in and say, look, this is this nice little thing. And we go and it's destructive. We've got to renew our minds and break ties with the things of this world to think differently and renew the way I think day by day. When you find yourself in old patterns, because there will be days where you wake up and you find yourself. There will be days that you wait, and weeks that you wake up and say, I found myself thinking back into these old patterns. I'm getting back into my old ways. Go to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, renew my mind today. I need to be renewed because I want to be transformed. I don't want to conform to the old ways of who I was before. Church, God has called us to take this city, your city, my city, my physical city, my metaphorical city, whatever you want it to be, he's called us to take the city and our mindset matters. The question I have for you is, do you believe God can use you? Do you believe God can use you? He wants to show you today that he can. Will you stand with me as we close this morning? God wants us to align our thinking 
that we are not people who are defeated, that we are more than conquerors today. So I want to pray over you. Would you, just, would you just put one or two hands just on your, on your head, on your mind? Lord, we come before you today and we pray over this mind. We pray over this mind today, Lord, that if there are places within us, Lord, that we need to take back, that we need to take captive, that we need to be intentional about, that we need to target our thoughts, places where we need to be renewed, Lord, and not, not conformed, Lord, I pray that you would do a work in our mind today. I pray for those who are internally freaking out, who, who are allowing the things that are happening around them to cause them to panic, that are causing fear and that are causing dread and causing hopelessness. We pray right now that you would break off that mindset in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we would be a people that would be able to be calm and say, you know what? My God's bigger than this situation. My God can handle this. And with you, Jesus, we can. I pray for those who are struggling in their thought life right now with, with thoughts, Lord God, that they're saying, these, I know these thoughts aren't pleasing to God. I know these th thoughts aren't helping my life. They're not helping me walk in the right direction. We take those thoughts captive right now in the name of Jesus. And we make them obedient to the way of Christ. And we change our mindset that we will think upon the things that are good and lovely and admirable. God, do a work in our mind to renew us, Lord God. I pray as we leave this place today that we would leave with a mindset that whatever our city is, whatever that means to us, God, that we would leave this place with our mind set on action saying, and I will take the city with my God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Church, I, I hope that this week that your mind is stayed on the truth. As you go out this morning, what time is it? 11, 13? Uh, we're out a little early. We would love for you to partner with us. We have five acres here. If you've not been here before, we have five acres, and we're trying to build a building. And right now we're, go, we're about to go under review with a hearing examiner for some, some wetland stuff. And, uh, and I don't have a date yet, but I'll let you know when I do. But we need to pray that God would advance his mission through us, through this project. It's been stuck a long time, and it's time to get unstuck. That's my mindset. And so we've got out in the property in the parking lot, we've got signs that say sanctuary, entrance, gymnasium, kids ministry. We would love for you to stop by a sign with a group of people this morning and take just a few minutes and say, God, would you advance your mission here? and join us as and we pray. Let's not miss this opportunity. We've got a few weeks left out here on the land. And so I love your partnership in prayer. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week.